Attention, listener, I have an assignment for you. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to engage with the real nerds, a.k.a. the best podcasts on the internet. You can listen to their episodes on their website, realnerdspodcast.com. And you can also listen to them on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and iTunes. Follow their social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This message will self-destruct never. This is Real Nerds Podcast, and for 10 years, we have been seeing a new movie and podcasting our experience to the world. This week, we saw Willie's Wonderland. Stay tuned to the end of the episode, where we'll tell you you should see the film, play the trailer, and spoil it. I'm joined via video conferencing by Brad. Hey. And Zach. Hey. What's up, boys? <laughs> oh, you know, just working hard and eating fish sticks. Man, I haven't had fish sticks in forever. Are you what eating kind of Gordon's fish kind? sticks or what kind of fish sticks are we talking about? Yeah, like are we talking like elegant like freezer ones or are we talking like fast food ones? Uh elegant ones, I guess. Uh they were air fried in an air oh. fryer. Ooh. So from You know, at the, for the Super Bowl I went to a friend's house and he uh made wings in the air fryer and they came out really good yeah i'm gonna try some other things because yeah they're pretty uh pretty good Uh, (laughs) they're just bread and fish like (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i I have a hard time eating fish sticks because i'm allergic to shellfish but when i was younger i used to eat them and my grandparents would always get filet of fish for us at mcdonald's don't know why guess i really don't miss them i mean it never I mean, you, seemed that appealing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to miss them. Like, you'll die otherwise. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. We're really exciting. Um, <laughs> what are you up to, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, uh, Ryan, Ryan, tell us a story. <laughs> actually, I've been reading a lot of comics. And my house is really quiet now. My little boy had today off from school and... He was been he was really good, but it's one of those days where uh, you you guys don't have kids, but there's days when he just won't stop talking, and he's really excited about everything, and it's hard because he's not being naughty and he's being really nice and really sweet, but he just won't stop. <laughs> and uh, he's kind of like maybe, acting like me daily. <laughs> yes, and um, I was hoping that if I took him to an arcade, he'd play and burn some energy off but going to the arcade it just gave him more energy and then i went to (laughs) barnes and noble (laughs) and just looking for like anything a book or a movie and just trying to kill time really with him and while we're there he wanted a cthulhu from dungeons and dragons put his dice in and he wanted this like treasure chest thing and then he won't stop talking and like buddy oh my god I ran to that uh, kid at Target the other day. He was just pretty much just narrating his entire life in yeah. the moment. And it was just like, yeah. oh my God, I got to get and out of this aisle. <laughs> he's being, my kid's being a really nice boy. He's not being naughty. He's being really sweet. He's, you know, talking and being nice. 
but it's just like, oh my gosh, dude. Yeah. And so then we came home and I, I had uh, corned beef in the crock pot. So then I shredded it up, made a salad, some corned beef. And Kellen says, I want to watch a Predator movie. And I said, yeah, sure. Why not? And so he chose Predator 2 because in that one, the Predator crashes through the bathroom and fixes his cut off arm. And so the whole time he's jumping around, wearing his Predator mask, eating the beef, saying, this is the lady's leg I'm eating. Now I'm eating this guy's hand. Isn't this Predator crazy? Watch what this Predator does now. And this Predator's jumping off the couch, but this couch is really a building. And then he's going to shoot his laser. And then he's going to eat this person some more. And then Daddy, and then now the Predator is going to jump all around. And now he's going to repeat what you say. Daddy, tell me that I'm scared of you. Okay, now now, now say it, Daddy. I'm scared of you. Okay, Daddy, now the Predator is going to jump. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's <laughs> an hey, hour hey, and 48 minutes. That's how long Predator 2 is. Ryan, can I can I make an observation as a non-licensed professional? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. It seems as if um, your kid is a dork, and he's an adorable yes. dork, and you should be proud of him. <laughs> I oh no, I'm... I, I totally understand the uh, the uh, exhaustion, but I'm just like, it's cool. It's it's a little yeah, no, it's, it's a literal it's really little line. I mean, he's been getting like that. We've been playing Smash Brothers a lot, and so he gets really excited when a new challenger approaches and. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it's just, and again, he's not being naughty at all. He's being really nice. It's just like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> and, um, you know, and then yesterday we were just hanging out and he said, you know, daddy, I want to watch army of darkness. I'm like, man, this is awesome. <laughs> and so I'm putting it in and he's cheering every time Ash does something cool. And it's, it's really fun being a parent, but Sometimes you're like, fuck, man. So Is that's that, why I, I turned off it, the TV. Yeah. I'm reading Spider-Man. Like, it's kind of nice. So that's what I've been doing the last like hour. Well, you, but you like, we, we were recording earlier and you, yeah. he was like, I didn't hear him say anything. The only interference we had was like, you know, internet dips or whatever. But like, yeah, no, he was, he was playing guy. He plays Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare. Mm -hmm. And if he's locked into that game, he'll play it for a long time. And yeah, he's, I mean, he's being a good boy. Like I said, he's not being naughty. He's not being a little booger. He's just excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining like a, a, a commercial for uh, like a medication going like, are you suffering from parent fatigue? He's, are, is your kid acting a little bit annoying? <laughs> then why don't you take and then insert whatever the miracle drug is? And tomorrow I have to take him to school because Laura does her uh, clinicals for her nursing fucking shit, which is fine. Um, <laughs> but so after I take him to school, I go to the gym and then I was going to come home and just watch movies. But Laura says, oh, I don't have a clinical tomorrow. I only have to go to training for work. So when I come home, can we hang out? I love being married. I love having a kid. But some days <laughs> you just want to do anything. <sighs> Ryan, can, can, yeah. can I alleviate your fears a little bit here? Sure. I, I, I live in constant fear that I'll die alone. So that's something that is off your table <laughs> and you're fine. <laughs> well, you'll live longer. But no, it's fine. Wandering the, wandering the wasteland like our hero this week. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if you guys are the same way, but sometimes when I get like this, 
mm-hmm. and I can feel I'm starting to get irritated. I like to go just to comic stores. It's not necessarily to buy anything. It's I like to sit in this, like just the long boxes and just flip through shit. Just look it around. Helps, yeah. Helps recenter me. That's and now tomorrow I'm not going to be able to do it. And then I got annoyed because uh, DC had a, like a special comic come out last week called love is a battlefield. And I forgot to put it in my hold slot at hero headquarters. So I'm afraid I didn't get it. And it's one of my most favorite artists who's been on real nerds podcast, um, Rebecca Isaacs. And she's drew the uh, Harley Quinn and poison Ivy story. Two of my favorite characters by one of my favorite artists. And I forgot to reserve it. So then I went on to my comic shop today and it sold out. So, yeah, and I didn't think it was going to because it's a $10 comic and I didn't think it was going to. And now I've been maybe tomorrow to see if I can track it down somewhere. You should have told me I was out Sunday and Monday or I know I didn't even think about it. You even text me and I did not even think about it. What's the it's love is a battlefield. Um, Sorry, what which comic again? It's just called love is a battlefield. Love is a battlefield. Harley and poison ivy on the cover oh okay oh. i mean yeah, I, t- i'm gonna go tomorrow i might be able to find it and who knows maybe hero headquarters put it in my hold slot because i get all the harley stuff so maybe they're just like oh harley quinn's on this we'll put it in his hold slot you should yeah. check a uh, time warp too because when i was there it's just like their shelves are just stuffed with books you know like they're just crammed oh man i haven't been to time warp that's actually not a bad idea yeah I mean, it, it looks like a Fiji 280 where it's just, uh, just a mess of books on the shelf all <laughs> mixed together. I mean, there is some delineation, but I mean, they're full shelves, you know, they're, they're stacked. So mm-hmm. it might be in there. I might do that. If, Maybe if I'll talk you get over there to go into Boulder tomorrow or something. <laughs> yeah. If neither of you get over there, let me know. I'll, I'll drive over and pick it up. Cause I want to see, I haven't been to a comic shop in I think since Brad and I went to the mile high warehouse. Which was yeah. what, I mean, two I sh- years ago. Brad? I'm hoping I'll be able to find it, and if not, I mean, it's not like that big of a deal. But yeah, no, I get you, but you you want it, and you know, I mean, I don't know. You guys don't like- know how hard my life is. I have a kid who loves me and is really sweet. My wife loves me. I can't find a comic book I want. You're vaccinated, and uh, you get to go to Disney yeah. Disney World in a few days. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Brad. Get your life together. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah. You're you're hey. the host of a highly successful ten year podcast. I know. Hey, good job on the uh, the cover photo. That was fun. That Thanks. was dope. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like this looks fantastic. I mean, I want to say I encourage you because I said we should update our logo about you know a couple months ago. So I'm pretty sure that I'm the real reason it looks so nice. But I mean, you, you literally are for... like, I was not going to do anything with it until you said something. And then, <laughs> uh, you know, it took me like two months to kind of just come up with that. So no, it looks good. It was better than my idea to just write 10 years with a Z instead of an S in crayon. So, <laughs> but, but, but make the Z like spray paint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because so it's, it's extreme. In yeah. radical and tubular. <laughs> This isn't your dad's podcast. Oh my god, Brad, don't bring up that bit because I'll just start giggling randomly. <laughs> Finally, an egg for my generation. I like. I am excited the because uh, oh, sorry, the last Ronin number two comes out finally too this week. I know. I gotta 
basically camp out at all the stores to just make sure <laughs> stuff gets in my slots on Wednesday. I know I'm not going to be able to make it on Wednesday because I have my job. I have so much evidence to go over that I have to go in early. So hopefully you just like put a comic book in front of like whatever evidence you're holding, you know, that'd be sweet. <laughs> like the, like the, the playboy inside the comic book type thing. Yes. <laughs> Isn't it, wasn't it comic books inside of textbooks and then you put playboys inside of comic books. It's like a weird Russian nesting doll. <laughs> Uh, you want me to pick you up one if I, I get it? Or is uh, it like already on hold for you? I don't think it's on hold for me. Um, if you get me one, I'll still pay you for it. I don't mind having two of them. Okay. Or if you can find like maybe not the main cover, because I'm guessing I would get the main cover. Because I told him I wanted the last Ronin, but I haven't had very good luck sometimes when I've asked for issues of new comics. Yeah. Of that of them continuing it. Like I keep on telling them I want Amazing Spider Man A cover and they can give me the B cover too. And then last time I was there, they only gave me the B cover again. Yeah. So yeah, if you if you could find one that's maybe not the main cover, I'll totally pay you for it. As long yeah. as you as long as you get all the ones you want. I mean I I haven't seen really any variant covers of those books at all, like in stores. Like they've pretty much been all online, but yeah, no. We shall see what they get because yes, it's very limited these these days. Yes, too right. Anyways, uh, we also talked about movie news, movies we've been watching, movies that are coming out on Blu-ray. Um, yeah, we've been doing this for ten years, so uh, stay tuned. Oh. <laughs> I just remembered. I this is the week I beat Zach in the consecutive appearances. Yeah, fuck you, Zach. <laughs> it's fine. I, I won this weekend. <laughs> That's true. Uh, it's, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but just a heads up, we're going to do our 100 favorite films of our 10 years of the podcast. Uh, there is some rules that it has to be a new film that was our film of the week. So um, main because, review, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, if we did not do that, then we'd have Raiders of the Lost Ark and, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles north by northwest um, and yeah, yeah. our number <laughs> ones would be um our number ones would, would be easy to put together so yeah. yeah so uh basically what we're doing is out of uh 480 something movies um we each are going to whittle it down to our top 100 and in 10 um movie increments we're going to all sit down and we won't know who what list is what and you know, we're going to put together a master list of the real nerds top 100 films it's basically going to be a debate on why this movie should be on the list and why another one should not be. It's going to be um, boring for me because I'm just going to say Mank and Get Out and Us the whole time. So, I mean, at 100, I, I'm a, I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll allow Mank at 100. Um, <laughs> and also, too, on top of those, we, will, we still will have our retro film explosions. Uh, which we probably have to do the 81 pretty soon, right, Brad? Yeah, it was actually today. I was thinking sometime in March, I think we got to get rolling on it because nowadays yeah, maybe, they're five apiece each year. Yeah, maybe before uh, Kong and Godzilla. So I think that's March 23rd, something like that. Oh, I can't remember when that's coming out. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so in uh, maybe three or four weeks, we'll do that. It's such bad um, advertising when, like, I've seen that trailer a dozen times and I don't know when it's coming out. 
I think it's March either 31st or 23rd. I can't remember, but, um, you know, or maybe we'll do it the week after uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is the 18th. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, what do you think of the us doing a Alamo screening for that? I love that idea. Yeah. I mean, I'm down. I just Is it something they can show? That's what I have to look into, like, because they'd have to stream it on HBO Max. So unless I heard there's a Blu-ray coming out of it is what Dandy. Digital Bits has been saying. So. Found um, hard to believe it'd be right away. That seems like something they would put out, you know, in August or. I don't October. know. It might be the only thing I think it might might be right away is because they're not doing a theatrical release, and they spent but, you know eighty million dollars on it, so they might be trying to get as much um, money out of it as they can. I don't know. But like having the Blu-ray would de incentivize people to subscribe to, H- to HBO Max, so. Well, They'll probably was, do a 30-day window before it comes out on Blu-ray, kind of like how they do with other things. Yeah. That, Or if I was them, I would put it out on Blu-ray, and the Blu-ray comes with uh, you know, a seven-day trial of HBO Max where they have to put in their credit card, and then people will forget that they put in their credit card, and they'll get charged for a month. <laughs> if I was Not Alamo... I've ever done that on subscription-based things. I'm just saying. If I was Alamo, I would just program a screening anyway. Like, why are they... Yeah. Who knows? They might. I'm surprised theaters aren't just jumping at it. Like, yeah, we'll stream it. You know, they might. Who knows? It's far enough out. Still a month out. Yeah. And four hours, though. That's a long fucking sit through. They'd probably have to have an intermission or something. Yeah, I'm wondering if... Because uh, usually the Alamo block when you rent is four hours. But obviously, it's the movie plus like in and out. So it's maybe like four and a half hours of rental time. So would they charge you for like a second four-hour block or just you know let you roll with the four hours and just kind of fudge it a bit i I have no idea i I think it'd be awesome yeah Yeah. let's test it on another laptop so you can stream it off your laptop (laughs) let's test it on another four-hour movie like what do we know that's four hours hamlet uh hamlet (laughs) uh titanic comes pretty close um what really yeah, it's not exactly four hours, but it comes close to it. Well, I think uh, Hamlet is four hours. So, okay, Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, that too. There we go. Um, yeah, yeah, just, anyways, I was just sitting there, like thinking about watching it. I was like, man, I, like, this is just—it seems so epic. I, it sucks that I have to like watch it here with like—I <laughs> mean, it's still fifty-five-inch TV, but it's—it's it's stereo. Yeah, you know, I felt that when I was watching Wonder Woman. It just needed a little more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, needed a little punch. Yeah. Uh, before we dive into um, our normal show, Zach, you had uh, quite the weekend. Yeah. Um, sorry, full disclosure, when I do the news segment, I'm not exactly sure what happened this week, so I kind of picked random articles. Um, yeah, we did the... Uh, Virtual Jack Benny convention. Uh, it was started by Laura Leibowitz, who is the president of the Jack Benny fan club, who I've known since I was 10 years old. Um, and in addition to my two of my panels that I did, I also played archivist to the convention. So I recorded everything both through Zoom and through um, my pod track and 
uh, sat there in front of the computer for basically two full 12 hour days and four hours on Friday. So yeah, it's been a long week, but I'm sure Ryan's alluding to the fact that I did indeed have a panel with uh, Mr. Leonard Malton, um, which was pretty freaking cool guys. It was pretty freaking cool. Um, our panel went over a little bit. Um, and part of it was due to the fact that one of our panelists, um, uh, Kathy was braving a snow. Uh, there's like a, she's in Texas and I guess they were coming up with some kind of cold front or something, but their winter internet was getting knocked out all over the place. So she had to keep moving around. So the reception was off, but she powered through it and delivered some wonderful, uh, analysis from her time as a professor of media studies and film history at UT. And, um, Leonard was really cool. Um, he insisted that we call him Leonard. So that was really, that took a lot of edge off and he was very patient and he suffered through me trying to guide the panel while also making sure that I got insights on each of our films. So, um, and, I don't know how well I did, but they were freaking fantastic. Um, I think I might've been a little too overbearing. I don't know, but uh, I, I guess I'll have to let other people be the judge of it. But it sounded like everybody who was watching, which we had at our max, at our max levels, we had over 150 people watching, which is, I mean, it's not like, you know, Twitch streaming numbers or whatever, but it's, you know, it's a lot considering it's a convention for a comedian that nobody thinks about anymore. And we were streaming on Facebook, too, with anywhere upwards to 50 to 70 viewers. So, like, it was pretty successful considering. Um, uh, on the night before, we had Harry Shearer because um, Harry was a, uh, a cast member of Jack's radio and television show when he was a kid. Um, so he had a lot of memories to share. And I, I told Ryan, I texted Ryan this, but there was a color episode of the show that they filmed because it was early days of, I think it was either CBS or NBC doing color and they aired it in color. And he tried to find out if the color episode still existed. And it turns out they didn't preserve the color prints of that show. It only exists now in its black and white backup. So there's another lesson for preservation because there would have been a full episode of the Jack Benny show in color with him taking the Beverly Hills Beavers to the fair. Um, but we also had a lot of uh, children of stars of the show and folks who were, in, who were close to Jack. We talked to Kelly Stewart, who was James Stewart's daughter. And <laughs> I texted Ryan this. I did my impression of her father. <laughs> stupidly <laughs> not believe you did that i she did not she did not bat an eye and she and she rolled with it so um and After uh, but, years of me telling you that your impression of james stewart is garbage you did not tell me that one was garbage you told me the other ones are garbage <laughs> I, I just lump them all together zach at this okay. point <laughs> okay that's fine fair enough but actually it was interesting we actually somebody brought up a hitchcock question i didn't i was like well we need to stick to the jack thing and i've got to monitor these recordings so whenever i went in for a question it was mainly just to kind of like field because there's a q a section on zoom when you do a webinar and so i would pop through and ask the questions and somebody brought up hitchcock um and then at some point i just chimed in to be to kind of like back up like the discussions on rope and rear window and she was, and we both 
clicked on like Rear Window being our favorite Jimmy Stewart movie. So I was like, that's really cool. Um, and then she brought up It's a Wonderful Life and the fact that it was colorized. And <laughs> we got into a conversation about colorization, which I'm like, this is this is interesting. It doesn't have to just be Benny related, like because this swath of Golden Age Hollywood and Golden Age Entertainment is so large. You can kind of you've got a lot of fans who want to ask questions across the board. Um, we had Noel Blank, who was Mel Blank's son. Um, and he had some wonderful stories about his father and Jack, um, and also just his father's career at Warner Brothers doing those cartoons for so many years. Um, and he alluded me to a, a, a picture book, Ryan, that I need to send you the link to. Um, but it's called Melvin the Mouth, and it's a children's book about Mel Blank as a kid. Um, and it's got neat illustrations and pictures. It's basically about the origin of why he became the man of a thousand voices based on the recollections of, I believe it's his granddaughter. Um, I, I'm not sure. It looked like there was a blank name attached to it. Um, but, uh, and then we talked to Evangela Anderson, who was Eddie Rochester Anderson's daughter. And she and I ended up getting in contact afterwards on Facebook, but she was, she was very, uh, uh, she was she was she was trying to understand why her father's legacy isn't talked about in the scheme of pioneers of African Americans in cinema and I and I do agree because he's a very valid voice in that discussion and I you know I I told her like a lot of what her father did for her for his work with Jack is like very pioneering and groundbreaking for you know interracial uh portrayals on screen and to have his legacy not really be considered amongst that is really is really quite shocking. But uh, but she had wonderful. She she was not sure if she was going to want to do it. And Laura and her talked, and she got calm. And once she got rolling, she got she was giving us stories that we just never knew. We talked to the Benny family, the remaining Benny family. Uh, Jack's daughter Joan was on the line briefly, but I think she really wanted to lead the panel over to her children who had reminiscences about their grandfather. Um, and then I did a panel with Jeff Mark who wrote the definitive Lucy book about what's my line, which Ryan ended up helping me in prep for that because um, I texted you immediately after I got assigned that panel. And you're right. That, I mean, I said it before, like a couple of weeks back, that rabbit hole of what's my line is freaking insane. Like you, yeah. you, you don't stop. Like, no. Have you gone through everything that's on there? No, I've I've seen quite a few of them though. It's just, they're easy to watch. They're all there. Like everything that survives is there. And like apparently there was a like you know, like there's there's something like the kin he said this in the QA is just like the kinescopes, like what's my line kinescoped everything. They never really went to tape. So that's why they all vary in quality. Um and then uh the uh uh the, I mean, the big thing really, though, I'm just going to tell this story and then I'll stop because I know I'm probably getting annoying. But um, we had Stuart Kanan at our show and Stuart Kanan is a violinist who is a concertmaster for the L.A. Orca Symphony Orchestra. But when he was 10 years old as a kid in New York, he got on to Fred Allen's program. Fred Allen was a kind of a John Stewart of his era. And uh, he did comedy mixed with, you know, political and newsworthy satire. And he would have a, you know, a talent show kind of thing on his show. And this 10-year-old kid, Stuart, got up there and played Schubert's uh, song, The Bee, 
on his violin and it caused Fred Allen to remark, how do you like that? 10 years old and already he plays better than Jack Benny. (laughs) And that kicked off a feud that would go on for the rest of pretty much up until Fred's death, um, where it was Jack and Fred battling back and forth on air, both on radio and in television and in one movie. Um, But Stewart ended up getting older. He went through World War II. He was a rifleman um, at Potsdam and he played the fiddle for Harry Truman. Um, when they were when he came overseas and uh, and after he got out of the war he ended up becoming like a very renowned musician and when he was older he kind of helped along with Isaac Stern assisting Jack in getting him to the concerts that he would do for these benefit performances that would raise money for orchestra pensions and I'll post it when I can, but I ended up getting a chance to ask him a question because I, I couldn't miss this opportunity. And I asked him about what what it meant to have Jack love the violin as much as he did. And what can you talk about the significance of those benefit concerts and what they did for the real world? And Stuart did not like hold back. Like he very much just laid out this solid fact of like Jack not treating classical music as a joke he treated himself as the joke and as a result his work ended up actually opening a lot of doors for people to get interested in classical music at that time while keeping symphony orchestras alive something that now during covid is alarmingly in uh in in an emergency mode because of the inability to perform live shows um and so and i nearly broke down you can watch me in the video um, that I played back the other day and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't realize I was that close to tears. Like I knew I was holding back stuff, but it was very visible on my freaking face. Um, so that was like, out of anything that I did, the most affecting thing, even apart from Leonard and Kathy, who are marvelous, and I'm talking with Kathy more on this, watching Stuart talk about Jack at 94 years old, still sharp as a tack, and we did a, there was a pre-recorded video of this, but at 94 years old, he is still playing the B and he did a performance of it uh, pre-recorded for us all to see. I got to see the video two days early and it made me cry that night. Like after all these years, he's still practicing daily and he can still play that same number when he was 10 years old. After this whole lifetime, he still doesn't forget how the journey kind of starts for him. So um, it was a very moving weekend um but also very exhausting and it technically capped off with ryan and i doing an episode on um yesteryear of to be or not to be so but thanks for letting me talk about it a little bit guys i appreciate it (laughs) cool yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah sorry i missed it um the video will be available actually uh i'll 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 tell you guys like I, i don't know if she removed it or not but um we we live streamed to facebook and I don't know exactly which one it is, but you should be able to still see it. So um, unless it's gotten taken down, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, it's uh, it, the, the, I'm archiving it right now, so it'll be up soon enough. But anyway, yeah. And don't worry, Brad. I've missed a couple of your events recently, so I have no reason to expect it. <laughs> Well, I if I could if I could stream stuff while I'm working, then I would totally have done it. <laughs> they won't allow. Uh, well, you you you've used you you've used your phone before, but not like you can't like do like those kind of like those kind of live things. Or- yeah, the thing that sucks is, I mean, I can 
use my phone, but I can't like focus yeah. on no, I that totally stuff get that. because yeah. I got to focus on my job and my life. I can't imagine. So I, I'm, I'm surprised that you're able to multitask as well as you do. So I wouldn't expect, <laughs> well, you know, yeah, but no, the- I'm, I'm going to work to get you guys access to it sooner. So every week we dive into the world of what's coming out on Blu-ray. These are the Blu-ray releases for this week. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Hey, Ryan. Ryan. Yes. Welcome to the good burger home of the good burger. Can I take your order? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was never a fan of that show and or that movie. Well, too bad because Nickelodeon doesn't care what you think and they put it out on (laughs) Blu-ray. Well, I mean, that's cool. I know I'm. I know it's uh, really uh, popular. I think I was a little too old. I think it was just after my Nickelodeon experiences. I, I that sounds about right because I was probably the right age for that movie because I remember seeing it in the theater and we loved the heck out of it. Um, but there's yeah, the Keenan and Kel movie Good Burger, which has uh, resurged um, over the last couple of years. So yeah, if you want to check out early Keenan Thompson before it was the. Um, the the constant fixture in SNL, you're, that'll be a treat for you. Um, Harley Quinn, the complete first and second seasons coming out to Blu-ray? Like, I thought this already happened. Uh, nope. The first season's on DVD, which I own. Um, but oh, I'll, I'll, be getting okay. the, I'll be getting the Blu-ray from the fine folks at Warner Archive. Yeah, that's where, it's coming from Warner Archive, which is also putting out Baby Doll uh, from 1956. Um, and then we got Kino Lorber coming out with a couple of things. They are doing uh, Jetsons the movie, which I remember very fondly. Um, it's yeah, actually I remember, one of Mel- I remember very fondly too, not being very good. So, <laughs> but Ryan, it's, it's Mel's last movie. Come on, have some fun. Um, but yeah, and then the war, which I don't know what this is, but it's Kevin Costner looking down at Elijah Wood, and Elijah Wood looks way too happy. I, I don't know exactly what this movie is has anybody he's, seen the war he's excited his little boy's going off to war <laughs> no i've seen this movie i don't remember it though that's something to do with uh kevin costner taking elijah wood somewhere i don't think it's his kid here's here's the plot synopsis with the help of their friends Stu and lydia simmons are determined to build the ultimate treehouse, a place of wonder and magic. The father, Stephen, a newly returned Vietnam vet, has equally high hopes to rebuild his life and fulfill his family's dreams. This sounds, ext- I'm not going to lie, this sounds extremely vague. <laughs> what are the dreams? What are, I guess I'll have to watch the war. I guess it is his son, but I don't, re- I, I've seen this, I don't remember it at all though maybe we should do a blind retro review of the war <laughs> um or you know what we can do instead ryan we can watch san francisco from 1936 with clark gable and jeanette mcdonald from Warder archive how about that that sounds fun right everybody likes clark gable and his weird mustache yeah um and then the cowboy way with woody harrelson and Kiefer sutherland uh it says how the this is the joke. They're cowboys, but they're in front of New York City, and the tagline is how the East was won. <laughs> uh, and then Kino Classics is putting out Man with a Movie Camera from 1929. 
Uh, they're also putting out The Kid Stays in the Picture from 2002. That's the Robert Evans documentary that is so lovingly referenced by Pat Oswalt in his stand-up. <laughs> um, and then the movie Film Worker, which is a documentary about one of Stanley Kubrick's assistants. Um, Lovecraft County, uh, season one. Is coming country. To- Lovecraft Country. Sorry. Country. Thank you, Brian. Brad. Whichever you are. I, I've, I, you guys blended for me now. <laughs> Um, and then Brad, you saw this arch enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's available now on Blu-ray. If you'd like to pick it up on a physical form. Um, and then the informer, uh, from 2019, I have no idea what this is, but, uh, looks like it's from the producers of the John Wick movies and Sicario. So, okay. That sounds interesting. And then from 1980, the unseen, uh, this is coming to you courtesy of Scorpion Releasing. Uh, then, not going to lie, guys, everything else looks kind of dead. <laughs> Sorry. Unless you want the net and the net 2.0. Uh, yes. The, I mean, we really needed the net 2.0, Ryan. How are we going to know how the story continued? And like, who, who the hell's in the net 2? <laughs> I have no idea. I've never, I didn't even know they made a second one of it. Nikki Deloach and Dennett Tackberg. Who, I don't know who these people are. Uh, but I do know that Sandra Bullock was in it. And I also know that Dennis Miller is in it. And um, yeah, that, he, he used to be a thing. Anyway, that's news. Or Blu-ray, sorry. Movie news happens throughout the week. <laughs> It's real news. All right. We'll start off with, I, I do, again, full disclosure, I have no idea what really happened, so I just picked things that I thought you guys might want to talk about. Uh, Gina Carano's gone from Star Wars. What? I, what happened? <laughs> um, she decided that she was going to compare being a Republican to being um, a Jewish person in Germany during World War II, so... That's, um, that's that sounds silly. Why would you do that? <laughs> um, because you believe weird conspiracy theories. And, uh, um, and she was in trouble in November, too, about the rigged election and things like that. Oh and huh, what's up? Oh, no, I said, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. And they tried to give her a pass on that one, but then she just couldn't help herself. So. Gotcha. So then, yeah, she she uh, self-destructed her own Star Wars career. Yeah, she was playing Cara Dune. Not much I knew. So, yeah, she's she's gone. Then. OK. All right. Um, let me find something more positive to think about, I guess. I don't know. Um, so, oh, I, Ryan, you'll like this, I guess. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 will be speeding into theaters April 2022. So I guess this. This is more good news for you than it is for me. But I don't, I don't think so. Do you really not Sonic the Hedgehog? I don't think I it's that did, bad. I, I need to rewatch it. I didn't see it. The, what, what, no, I did see it, but I saw it. This was before the pandemic. So this is February when it came out last year? Yeah, Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah geez. Um, I saw it in the theater. I, I, I remember being harsh about it, but I... I mean, if I'm looking back, it's the least egregious thing I saw last year. We all know what my least favorite thing I saw last year was, and I won't bring it up out loud. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, 
I would be down for it because as much as I remember not liking it, I liked Jim Carrey in it and they set him up to be in this next one. And my hope is if they do the second one, it takes place more in Sonic's land and less in the real world. But well, it's definitely going to have tells in it because the two has tells is two tells on it. (laughs) See that, that that's, that's kind of neat. And I, I, I'm, you know what? I'll go see it because it's sort of like, I guess it's sort of like my Transformers thing where it's like, I don't really like those movies, but I keep going back wondering what they could possibly do next. So this kind of falls in line with it. Um, and then uh, let's see. Clone High is getting a reboot uh, from HBO Max. Uh, Clone High is something I haven't seen, but I know it's got a following around it. What it, It's um, Bill Lawrence who did Scrubs created it, right? I have, I have no idea what it is. Okay. Didn't, didn't um, Miller and Lord? They did. Yeah, they wrote for it. Yeah. 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 It seems like the the premise is like it's it's a high school for clones of historical figures, and a modern refresh will be receiving a two season order. So yeah, I guess I'll need to check out Clone High. I didn't. I'm not sure what it is. I know I've heard the name, but cool. They're bringing it back. Hooray! Uh, and then. True Lies is going to become a TV series at CBS. Um, hey, Ryan, I have a better idea. Do you want to hear my better idea? Yes. Give me the Blu-ray of that movie or a 4K of that movie and stop messing around. Uh, James Cameron is really busy making the 30 Avatar films. Okay? That's, that, that's, that's not busy. That's just idling time away because he doesn't actually have a movie coming out. I, God dang it. <laughs> like. <laughs> I, I hate to be like the Debbie Downer on that, but God damn it. Like I don't need, it's kind of like lethal weapon. Like, did we need a lethal weapon TV show? We didn't like, <laughs> or if you were going to do it, do it at a place where you can actually like break a bunch of boundaries and like, I don't know, curse <laughs> like CBS. Uh-huh. CBS is not a place to be doing a true lies series. Like this, I I don't know that this this just sounds like a bad idea, guys. But whatever, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. And then Ryan, you need to you need to tell me what's real and what's not. Um, if this is reality or if this is not reality, um, Spider Man Three won't bring back Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, according to Tom Holland. <laughs> I don't believe anything Tom Holland says. I yeah, because if we we all recall, Tom Holland is notorious for spoilers. But also not knowing how to shut up, <laughs> adorably so. Yeah. By the way, I will say like it's not. Yeah, I mean it, they might not be in it. I mean who knows? They are, we, I know absolutely nothing about this movie. <laughs> what? What? Wait, Ryan. What if? What if they answered one of my demands, but they took it too far? So not only is Willem Dafoe going to be in the movie, but he's going to play every role in the movie, <laughs> except for Tom Holland. Like, I if if you don't have those two. Just give me Willem Dafoe. That's all I want. I don't. I don't give a shit. Otherwise, what I what I love that Marvel's doing with it though is if uh, later in that article, Tom Holland says it's the most ambitious superhero movie ever. So Marvel is basically making it so Sony has to keep on letting them use Spider Man mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's like setting up every other movie in the Marvel universe now. So it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. They they uh, Sony. You know, it's funny. Sony needs Spider Man. But Sony's also ended up getting a huge lap of talent in its pocket because of the Warner Brothers debacle, because a lot of directors started jumping ship over to Sony. 
uh, because of Warner Brothers deciding to <laughs> do what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Chappelle's show re- is returning to Netflix. It's already um, on there. I saw it there yesterday. Yeah. Um, he shared a video in one of his recent comedy shows on Instagram explaining what happened after calling for the co- boycott. Um, I never asked Comedy Central for anything. Chappelle told his audience in the video, if you remember, I said, I'm going to my real boss. I came to you because I know where my power lies. I asked you to stop watching the show and thank God almighty you did for you. You did. You made that show worthless because without your eyes, it's nothing. And when you stopped watching it, they called me and I, I got my name back. I got my license back. I got my show back and they paid me millions of dollars. Thank you very much. So, uh, this this boils down to finally resolving a lot of shit with uh, Comedy Central. And uh, yeah, I'm happy that he's getting what he has rightfully deserved. So um, so yeah, and that means I can watch some Sapel show now again at last because I lost my physical copies a while back. Um, and then last but not least, send on something positive. We're going to get a, uh, a, 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 a limited series about Josephine Baker, and Ruth Nega is going to play Josephine Baker. Uh, if you recall, she's in the movie Loving, and uh, God, she's in Preacher, right? I think. Sure. I, I don't know. Ryan, or James, you need to confirm this for me. Um, but anyway, yeah, Ruth Nega. She's really good in Loving. So I'm looking forward to seeing her play Josephine Baker. And that's real news, unless I missed anything important. Cool. Uh, I don't think so. Or, uh, just, just League, just League trailer, I guess. Uh, yeah. Was, was there? What did it? Did it have Hallelujah in it again? No, no. it was like actually the actual trailer. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Brad, what happened in it? Um, you see the pretty much like a dark side and all of his henchmen, and then um. Batman stands on top of like the Dark Knight Returns Batmobile tank thing, which uh, people are excited about. I think it's like one of the most nonsensical vehicles he's ever made. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's a there's black suited Superman doing his laser eyes, uh, and then a bunch of recycled footage from the uh, existing movie. So then and then the Joker. Oh yeah. <laughs> wait wait wait. What? <laughs> yeah, it yeah. seems like the Joker appears in uh, an extended nightmare sequence with Batman. Yeah, he's got Joker on the brain all the time. But, 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 I'm done fighting this. I'm done fighting this. The Joker lives rent free in Batman's head. Y- y- yes, that's <laughs> true because it's his sworn arch enemy. But <laughs> is it? It's it's who I think it is, isn't it? It's Jared Leto. What? All right. Seems, All right. It seems like it's a different version, though, too. Okay. Yeah, it's like the Joker that just got done at working a shift at the deli. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> He's got like an apron and everything. Oh, okay. Actually, no. That's the the, the, the that's the still image in, in the trailer. He's got like a SWAT uh, uniform on. Huh. Yeah. Uh, which is from the Greg uh, Capullo run. Okay. Uh, I'm not with, a uh, yeah. It'd have been sweet if they did his, you know, cut off face and it was stitched back on. Yeah. That'd have been awesome. 
I'm not opposed to the movie. I just, at this point, I'm just like, I won't know how to process it until I watch the movie. So. You know, it's funny about the film is, I, I mean, I want to see it because it'll be really cool to see a different version of it. But at the same time, I go, you do know that Zack Snyder's DC movies aren't that great. <laughs> and yeah. I'm wa- Well, and I'm wondering how much of that had to do with him or the studio because he 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 he's been more than vocal about how the studio screwed him over so well yeah he has his chance mm-hmm. i'm kind of get, getting the feeling like it's going to be like the rise of Sky- skywalker where it's just fan service after fan service moment and like no additional story is going to be like added to it yeah like, well i mean it's yeah it's going to be an addition i mean how long is the theatrical justice league maybe two and a half hours uh maybe? not even that not even that like it was yeah. like just a hair over two hours. So you're basically getting another movie. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, that's again, one of the reasons why I'm like, I will watch this because I'm like, okay. yes, I need to know. I'll um, watch it. If it comes out on 4k, I'll own it. <laughs> and I, and I, and I am looking forward to uh, somebody going over to Batman and going grad daughter. <laughs> but I want to see how many more times Aquaman says my man. Yeah. <laughs> my man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Ryan! He's dressed like a bat again. I dig it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's news. Then we see films throughout the week in a segment I call "What We've Been Watching." So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. I wonder how many people know that I steal that from the Crypt Keeper and Tells from the Crypt. Um, I, I didn't. No, every every episode he introduces, he goes, Kitties, in tonight's gruesome tale, blah, 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 in a story I call Two Fists of Death. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. no, that's, so that's... He always says in a, in a story I call or something yeah. like that. Yeah, no, um, now that... Yeah, I didn't put those dots together, but that's cool. <laughs> that's a nice. Yeah, yeah, I mean, any other uh, early '90s uh, HBO Tales from the Crypt fans out there? Hello? Well, I, Any... I like Tales from the Crypt. I don't watch it as religiously as you do, though. But doesn't the Twilight Zone <laughs> do that? Um, no, submitted for your approval. A young yeah. man who doesn't know how to quote the Twilight Zone properly, they can only uh, be found in the Twilight. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm I... almost afraid to suggest it, but what about Hitchcock? No, no, Brad, you just just, you just stop. had to do it, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, even I don't want to be here. Just stop. Hey, Brad, what'd you watch this week? Almost nothing. Um, I started watching um, Harvey Birdman. Um, nice. Like two episodes of that, and the first thought I had was like, "Oh yeah, Stephen Colbert does a voice in this." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of just seen a couple episodes I've seen on Adult Swim before so yeah nothing nothing to talk about uh wandavision i could talk about that yeah wandavision's incredible fuck yeah um she uh oh no that was last week um yeah no the the uh pretty much a fan servicey show where like there's so many nods to marvel lore like how you know the comics you know like how people want to see the heroes in the comics on screen um like everything with the halloween costumes is just like great um <laughs> and they like they have that quick little reference to kick ass yep. um yeah it's just so clever um 
and then of course vision um trying to escape and then the it had uh, kind of a, like a horror movie feel to it at points i thought well yeah when he confronts agnes and it really kind of yeah. and he's walking through the town where everyone's kind of frozen yep yeah um yeah, and then it ends like on a huge, like, oh my God, she's just unleashing. Now what? Where's this going to go? So, yeah. stuff. That's all I watched this week. <laughs> Zach? I already kind of did this up at the top of the show. I haven't watched anything really. Um, I rewatched To Be or Not To Be as I talked about. Um, like the the night before we recorded um our 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 uh, episode Ryan um i guess i mean yeah i i really don't have anything it's really been that benny convention can i just use it really quickly to tell one more story from the convention <laughs> sure uh, yeah i mean yeah it's it's i'm sorry this is all i really got this week uh we uh we did a panel with um Harry Shear and the Beverly Hills Beavers, as I mentioned earlier, but uh, there was a moment when two uh, two of us, me and a guy who does radio recreations named Brad Strickland, <laughs> we uh, we kept our video cams off for the most part. Like we only we only we we kind of agreed, like without saying anything, to only pop in when we wanted to, you know, like engage like sparsely, but not that much. And at one point, like Harry Shear was talking about something in regards to um jack's performance i can't remember but at one point brad just got on camera and did the jack benny pose with his hands <laughs> and uh i decided like well i want to join in on this fun like i had no intention of like trying to steal any spotlight i just wanted to come in and kind of peek in and look at my, do the jack benny pose and i did it with my hands and then all of a sudden harry sheard gives out the jack line now cut that out <laughs> And so like I was, and then I, and I was, and I giggled for a second and I turned off my camera. So it was like a nice little fun moment, like celebrating Jack's, Jack's legacy with that. Like one thing that I will say about that whole convention was that like everybody was like sharing their different fandoms for things outside of Jack. Like I kind of want to start getting into Doctor Who because it sounds like Doctor Who fans have a lot of fun. And I, and I, it seems like people don't argue about it as much as other franchises. So I kind of want to, well, I mean, I don't know this off the top of my head. So like if there's controversies in the doctor who world, please let me know. But I think I'm going to start getting into doctor who, cause it sounds like some fun and I'm almost, I'm, I'm pretty much almost done with the Mandalorian. So, you know, but anyway, yeah, that's all I watched this week, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had one right. job. <laughs> um, this week I, I watched uh, to be or not to be, uh, you can hear my musings of this fine film on a podcast that Zach does. And, but, you, uh, but you need to tell us up front here on this show where this whole thing began. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nope, to be or not to be is fun. Um, uh, I'm a big Carol Lombard fan and she's fantastic in the film. Um, yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, I'll, if you want to hear a two hour dissection of the film you'll find it on zach's podcast the yes review yeah yeah you should actually your episode i think at the top of april because i'm i'm backed up the next one's the haunting with uh where i talked with kev moore for four hours on it oh Um, fuck man you have a 
two months before mine drops. I'm not going to talk about it then. Ryan, Ryan, guess what? You know what it means, though? It means that yours is going to have some of the best production value because I have (laughs) uh, I have copies of the shows where. So, like, this is kind of a spoiler for the discussion. Ryan and I talked about how Jack didn't promote that show really after Carol Lombard's death on his radio show. But there are recordings, as I mentioned, of uh, Jack talking about the fact that he was about to start making the movie and I'm going to lay them in at the top of the show. So I'm going to, I'm going to make it a nice one because this is one of my favorite movies of all time. So it's not going to start with the normal theme. It's probably going to start with the, um, the, Ch- the Chopin uh, military march that you hear at the top of the movie. So, but yeah. Very cool. Um, I watched uh crime scene, the vanishing at the Cecil hotel, which, uh, delves into the mysterious disappearance of a Canadian woman at a, ho- a seedy hotel in Los Angeles. Is uh, it a true story? Yeah, it's, it's very true. Um, this young woman named Elisa Lamb went to the hotel. She disappeared while the cops were going through the security footage. There's this really creepy footage of her on the elevator. And... Uh, they don't know what happened to her. And 19 days later, she was found dead in the water tank on the roof. And it delves into that, um, which it's, I think, four hours long. It's four episodes. Um, Netflix? Yeah. It's okay. it's made by one of the guys who helped make Paradise Lost. Um, but this documentary, I really wasn't that big of a fan of. In so much that the mystery of what happened to her is uh, interesting, and then it becomes really sad. And about two hours of this documentary, they deal with internet sleuths and how there's a cover-up of what happened to her, and is, is this a clue? Is that a clue? Is this a clue? So it's a lot of just nonsense. Um, the the probably the coolest thing about this documentary is they treat the Cecil hotel as a character and it has a lot of, uh, it has a pretty sordid past and, uh, I mean, it's right in the middle of Skid Row in LA, which is not a good place. And so that part's interesting. Um, I already kind of knew the story of what happened to this young woman and it's really sad. And, um, so by having, internet sleuths and i'm using air quotes that no one can see uh try to solve this mystery is just kind of insulting but um because it's so far-fetched her story is really sad but if you want to watch it i mean it's okay uh i watched um a horror film called come play which is uh gillian jacobs from community has a little boy who is autistic and can't speak so he speaks through his phone or his tablet and one morning while he's looking at his phone this story pops up about uh, a monster named larry and how he doesn't have any friends and this uh monster the more his story you read the more he comes into the real world and his ultimate end goal is to t- 
take this little boy with him so Larry is not lonely anymore. And it's a pretty lean 82 minutes, I think, is the runtime on it. So it moves really quickly. Um, the story is okay, uh, but there are some really creepy moments in it. Uh, when the little boy has friends come over and stay the night, and they, they're not really his friends per se, because all they do is tease him. So they take his tablet to, and they start reading the story. And then when uh, Larry shows up and uh, wrecks havoc with the children, is, it's pretty creepy because you can't see him, but you can see him with uh, your smart devices. So you can see him through the camera on your phone or the camera on your tablet. And basically he's stuck in between worlds. So he's, he can make it to our world without being seen, but he needs you to finish the story for it to become uh, true, or I guess to make him really appear. So is it kind of like the Babadook? Yeah, it has a Babadook feel to it. Um, it's really interesting because of the the child that has a uh, disability mm-hmm. and the little boy who plays him is really good. Uh, Gillian Jacobs is really great in it. If I had one complaint is it's somewhat predictable. Um, and the, the creature is too CG at points mm-hmm. um, where I think if they would have just done a practical creature, it would have been creepier. Um, Because his character design is really cool. And there is some moments, uh, the little boy, I can't remember his name for some reason. um, He goes to work with his father, who is an attendant at a parking lot. So they're in one of those little um, cubicle parking lot attendant booths. You know what I'm talking about? They're really small. Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. The toll booth things. Yeah. 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 So when uh, his dad is looking at the story um, and Larry is able to move through electricity. Uh, So when he gets in the parking lot, the wind is blowing in uh, the debris. Uh, It's a really cool camera trick, but the camera is focused on the characters that are in the booth. But if you look over their shoulder, the debris is hitting uh, Larry as he's sitting, standing outside. You can't see anything, but the papers and the, other stuff is sticking to this monster. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty well done. It's pretty effective. Um, little film that kind of came out of nowhere. It, it's, uh, it's interesting. I, I had a, I got a, I had a free rental from Redbox because I'm a T-Mobile subscriber. So you get free stuff every Tuesday. And so I got the, I had to get the DVD, which was a bummer and it looks horrible by the way. So if you're going to get it, I'd get it on Blu-ray. I haven't seen it on Blu-ray, but I'm guessing it looks better. <laughs> um, but I'll probably wait till it's like $5 because there's absolutely no special features on it. Not even a trailer, um, which is also sad. And the, uh, the last thing I watched is the Bluntathon returned with Emily Blunt's first film in two years. Um, I mean, she had a kid, so, you know. No She'll- excuse. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. And she, I mean, she made uh, The Quiet Place Part 2, but... Well, yeah, but quiet we, place. That, that was delayed, though, so... Yes. Uh, and this movie, it's... I, I don't know if it's... It's like a harmless movie, and it's kind of cute. Um, 
I love the, uh, the soundtrack in it. Um, in fact, I downloaded because Emily Blunt sings Wild Mountain Time. The film's called Wild Mountain Time, which is a traditional Irish hymn. And it's a really cute song. Um, the story is, is there's these two uh, feuding families and uh, Jamie Dorian from, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey is one of the sons and Emily Blunt is the daughter and they're destined to be together, but things keep on popping up. So it's kind of like an Irish fairy fable too, I guess. Um, Christopher Walken plays uh, the dad in it. And I was concerned that he'd be doing an Irish accent throughout the film. But he's actually, <laughs> but he's actually really good in it. Um, this is another one. I, I got the accent, DVD. Right? <laughs> I got the DVD because it was at Target and it's not on Blu-ray and there's no features on it at all. Um, it's literally just dumped on DVD, but, uh, it's like a cute movie. You know, it doesn't really break any new ground. It won't win any awards, but it's just kind of a nice film to put on. It's like a good palate cleansing film. Like a blanket. Um, yeah. And, uh, so Emily Blunt's great in it. Um, you know, I did, I knew she could sing, but she sings very well in the film. Um, and it's just, it's just a cute movie. Uh, some funny moments. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, yeah, it's not her best stuff, but again, it's, it's a, it's a fun film. I, it's something you can turn on like on a Sunday afternoon and go, you know what? The world's okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a cute movie. And there's, there's some moments in it that are pretty touching. And, um, uh, John Hamm plays, uh, like the sexy American who comes over and tries to buy the farm from Christopher Walken. And That's, this seems unfair. Why can't he be Irish? <laughs> I know. Uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's a cute movie. Um, if you see it streaming, you could do a lot worse. Okay. I, I, uh, uh, yeah. Brad, or James really liked it. So yeah, like I said, or if you, you know, you want to borrow it from me, I have the DVD. <laughs> Oh. You can't tell that I'm bitter about it at all. Yeah, Ryan, um, uh, Ryan, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pass on that, but, <laughs> but I appreciate but it, your special kind words. <laughs> uh, but even the DVD, it looks pretty nice. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you, it looks pretty nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Are they always after your lucky charms, Ryan? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Damn leprechauns. Um, so yeah, that's what I watched this week. This week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw Willy's Wonderland. Brad, should people watch Willy's Wonderland? Uh, gosh. Um, I don't know. I, I think you should watch this uh, if you have one very specific goal in mind, and that's to watch Nicolas Cage uh, just beat up a bunch of animatronic uh, arcade characters. Um this this movie's pretty shallow. Like that that's that's the that's what you're going in for is just to kind of watch that. Um, I was hoping for something a little more. You know, it's it's kind of in the same vein as Psycho Goreman, um, but kind of that retro throwback style. But but it's just I feel like Psycho Goreman satire is a little bit more than that, or at least has satire. Whereas this is like just blunt force you're just watching Nicolas Cage punch out, <laughs> not even like cleverly 
or like outsmarting him. He just blunt force beats up animatronic characters while a bunch of teens die around him. So yeah, it, it wasn't as fun as I was hoping. Zach. Yeah, I got to echo Brad. I felt really disappointed in this film. Um, uh, there's a couple of reasons why I give it like a two stars and not like an absolute half a star or, um, on, um, on letterbox. And we'll talk about him in the spoilers, but this film kind of frustrated me because a week, like about two weeks ago is when we watched psycho Gorman, which is a lot of fun and actively tries to be inventive and care about its characters. And this film was like, as Brad said, shallow on, I'll go further and say it's like completely hollow, <laughs> but, um, but Hey, it's, it's hard to make a movie and these guys managed to pull it off somehow. So, Oh, eternal props to that, to that mission as always. But yeah, I don't recommend it. That's so funny. I'm actually flipped on this film from psycho Gorman between you two guys. I actually had a lot of fun with this movie. Um, one of the reasons I liked it more, I thought the soundtrack was cooler. Um, oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. And I think uh, the, I, I don't know. It's just, there's something about it. I had more fun watching this movie because it was kind of zany and it did not make very much sense. And I watched it with Laura and we kept on having our own interpretations, what was going on. So it, it made me appreciate it more. And Laura said something to me that I thought was really apropos of this film is there's something to be said about an actor of Nicholas Cage's character that just goes for broke in a kind of movie like this. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. Um, and I think that has a lot of its redeeming qualities. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, we'll get into spoilers next. And here's a trailer for Willie's Wonderland. Welcome to Willie's Wonderland. Spend the night cleaning Willie's Wonderland, and I will pay to have your car fixed. Deal? You are officially on staff. Let's get the hell out of here. I can't stand to hear a grown man scream. This place has a dark history. I know the bullshit story they told you. It's a lie. You're here to be a human sacrifice. Have you been listening to a word I've been saying? He's gonna die in here, but he won't listen to me. The machines got out. Nobody is safe. Put your balls on, Evan. We're going to Willie's. He's not trapped in here with them. We're trapped in here with him. It's birthday time. I enjoy a man a few words. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the plot isn't deep. We've mentioned it. 
Willy's Wonderland, Nicolas Cage is driving a cool car. His car gets a flat tire and he's put in to pay off getting new tires to fix it because they don't take, they don't have internet in this town is he's put into Willy's Wonderland to clean it up. And while he's there, the animatronics come to life to kill him. And you learn that it's a sacrifice because it used to, Willy's Wonderland was started by a serial killer and they did a satanic ritual that had them put into the uh, animatronics. And now the town bands together to make sure that they don't kill anybody in the town by (laughs) feeding these animatronic animals people. Yeah. And that's the story of Willy's Wonderland. The end. Well, that's um, been Real Nerds Podcast for this week. <laughs> I mean, it has its fun moments. Um, yes, absolutely. Like, I do appreciate that Nicolas Cage never says a word in the film. That's why That's why it's two stars for me. Because I'm and, just like, that is awesome. And he's very strict about his break-taking. Um, <laughs> like Sorry. Uh, Laura and I were talking about that is he has to drink these energy drinks. And I kept on thinking, it's like, is that like he's a superhero and he needs these energy drinks and then playing pinball to get, you know, his able to defeat these monsters. Maybe there is some some sort of like rhyme or reason behind what he's doing. That's what's so frustrating. It's like, I kept (laughs) expecting more from the movie and it would never just like, it was either like full on exposition to where in the middle of the movie, they just tell you like why certain things are the way they are, or it just it leaves so much up to like, why? Like it's just continue. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, but there's, uh, it's just really fun to me. And uh, I, I love the synth uh, score to it. <laughs> and uh, I mean, there's some really stupid parts in it. Uh, you know, the two kids that are going to decide to have sex in the middle of this carnage um, is really bizarre. Um, and also, I mean, the kid. Also, like, why is this town even going through with this plan? Like, clearly, all you have to do is punch out <laughs> the animatronics. Well, that's what they think. But I mean, that's why I was having fun with it. I says, is the janitor, who's what Nick Cage's character's name is in this, is he just like some superhero dude who goes from town to town and kills demonic things i mean you could like have a whole franchise based off of this character exactly which is why I, uh, here's something i'll say i don't want to dismiss this movie entirely because I'll, I'll say this up front my only real like absolute banging my head on the table moment with this movie was the way they delivered the exposition apart from that my own my like the only thing that was really underwhelming for me was certain elements of the uh the the lack of clarification on why cage is there but it's also a situation where i don't really care why he's there i know why he's there for me which is he's gonna clean up this place and he's gonna kill animatronic robots like it's very unclear what he is he's almost like he's it's i don't know if you guys felt this way but it's like it's very weird that he's like the model employee where he takes breaks on time. Uh, he does what he's supposed to do. And he's very obliging to the policewoman who tried to murder him and feed him to the <laughs> animatronics. Like he gives him that hello, ma'am kind of uh, like gesture when he's outside throwing away the trash bags. Um, but yeah, like the, the exposition dumps and I'll be honest, the side story with the kids kind of just like, 
this movie feels like it would have been way better if it was just Nicolas Cage trapped in that wonderland and we didn't really get a reason why he's yeah, being attacked. As soon as the kids showed up, I was like, oh, they just got inserted into this movie so that there would be a body count. Which is fine, but because uh, like I don't mind a good slasher movie with a kill count, but it just felt like the movie's strength was Nicolas Cage. Like, it's weird. You could almost like make an entirely silent movie out of this without having any of that dialogue. And it would yeah. be like really bizarre and interesting, but yeah, um, I, I think I would probably way more enjoy just watching like almost like a bottle movie where he's it's just him trapped inside for you know twenty four hours uh, alone with these animatronics. Like the kids just add so little to it. I did have fun though, like Ryan did. That's the thing. I did have fun, so I won't dismiss it because like. The the uh Ryan, do you remember the uh the truck driver that's in cahoots with the uh um the yeah. the businessman that owns him? His dialogue at the beginning where he's like almost unintelligible, going like, Oh dang gum, you're one of those people who don't talk that much? Oh dang gum, dang gum. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was like yeah, it was, had me it, going. <laughs> what I liked about it too is you kept on expecting Nick Cage to say something. Mm-hmm. You know, they had long holds on him on the camera after he killed stuff. Mm-hmm. and uh you know i kept on waiting for him to say something to the effect your circuits are fried or something i don't know but he never had that moment he literally just kills the things puts on a new shirt <laughs> at the end he gets his car and drives off he might be a superhero because uh like willie slices that uh sheriff in half <laughs> in one swipe but then uh, yeah. Willie slashes Nicolas Cage like 15 times in the chest yeah. and he's totally fine. And then Which Nick Cage goes crazy and punches him over and over again. Mm-hmm. I love when she got sliced in half because I'm like, there's not a, there's no good character in this movie except for him. All of them are like, well, I guess the girl too, but like pretty much everybody's a terrible human being or like a weak human being in the movie. So, but like Nick's, uh, Nicolas Cage's, performance like i i appreciated the level of commitment to not say a word or to give him that silent performance because it's kind of like if the character from drive the driver like drove really far and then we pick up on this movie so it's almost like this weird like direct-to-video sequel to drive set in a weird you <laughs> know in, in a weird Chuck E. cheese place like, how dare you <laughs> <laughs> touch that movie that masterpiece no no but you have to think about it though how often does ryan gosling talk in that movie very little after the events of having to you know like save the day and drive you know he 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 drives so long he gets so worn out and he becomes nicholas cage (laughs) (laughs) And, and that's where we pick it up also by the way that pinball dance is pretty freaking fun (laughs) he's just dancing around the pinball machine that's funny at that point uh, Laura, she said, I like this movie, but why is there a pinball machine in the kitchen and why is he dancing? I said, it's, Who knows? It's, the break, it's the break room. It's the break room. Um, the place yeah. is a mess. I'm sure they were like moving stuff around and then stopped. Yeah, I'm sure there's an explanation, but it's okay not to. The reason I like this more than uh, Psycho Goreman is I think it's just the lunacy is more in it. And in Psycho Goreman, it just, I don't know. That's funny. Couple... I think. I thought Gorman was way more insane. <laughs> like, yeah, kids <laughs> turning into brains and. Uh, yeah, I mean, in in that regard, yeah, 
I think so. But the lunacy I mean in this is, I mean, why does Nick Cage tell that one check he's while that weird chameleon animatronic said, you know what? Hang on a second. He doesn't say anything. He just leaves, drinks more of his energy drink, plays pinball, and then comes back and kills it. <laughs> so I, to, to me, that's way more goofy than, uh, you know, Power Ranger monsters fighting. Um, can, can we talk about too how like in, improbably pretty this movie looks like visually? Like <laughs> it's very well shot by David Newbert. Like the photography in this film is like striking. Like, and I'm like this 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 seems unreasonable for this movie. <laughs> Well, but here's the thing, too, though, is when Psycho Goreman comes out on Blu-ray, I'm probably going to buy it because I'm hoping they're going to have special features on it because mm-hmm. I want to see how they made it and I want to see the ideas and I want to hear a commentary. Same right. thing with uh, Willie's Playland, you know, or Wonderland. I want to. Yeah, I'd love want... to hear some commentary if like if I'm missing something, you know? Yeah. So I'm hoping I know there's already a Blu-ray for it because when I ordered it on Amazon uh, through Prime, I, I got an alert that stuff you might like is Willie's Wonderland Blu-ray. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I just, sometimes it's fun to watch these. I know we've done a couple of them lately, but you know, this is, this is fun because it's like an experiment. Like it is, I mean, not like MST3K, but like, it's like an experiment, you know, to see what's, what's on the finger of the pulse one. I will say that like, I didn't have any interest in that banana splits movie. So I feel like I kind of got the experience I was going to get out of that with this movie. So, yeah. Yeah. That one's still s- sitting on my shelf. I got banana splits movie for two ninety nine on black Friday. Okay. Um, you gotta let me know how that is. Cause I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know. Um, did your copy of kid detective ever show up? Uh, yeah, it's sitting on my shelf. I need to watch it. Okay. So two years from now. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> This rate, fuck yeah, it's going to be two years. Brad, um, I, it took me five years to get him to watch one Criterion. Kid Detective's not getting anywhere near the player for a while. <laughs> oh, it's fine. He'll just be my movie for now. Fuck, I gotta... You know what? Right now, February 15th, I'm going to watch every single movie I haven't watched by the end of 2022. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't hold your breath though, because you will die. What? What? Like, name one random title. <laughs> like, out of there. Like, I mean, like, well, like, guys. It turns out, Kid Detective is my favorite movie of all time after watching <laughs> everything. <laughs> I mean, I like it, but I'd be surprised. If it was oh yeah, no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's like I said. If 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 your main interest is just to see Nicolas Cage, ham it up and like just brutally fist punch. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 did, I did like how they got around certain elements of the special effects with it, with their lighting and whatnot. Like it, it does look interesting. I, lo- watching I, it. I think my favorite fight was when he fought the gorilla in the bathroom. I thought that was really fun. Oh, oh my God. That gorilla like berating him as he looks through each stall. Like that was yeah. awesome. <laughs> or then he, he does like a curb stall with the gorilla on a urinal. <laughs> oh God. Right before he does that, he goes like, but I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, wait, here's a question for everybody. Favoritest animatronic animal and least favorite? Because I've got in the my, film or yeah, in the film, yeah. Uh, I think my favorite was the gorilla, mm-hmm. okay. and uh, my least favorite, I, I want to. It was probably the siren Sarah or something. Okay, just because gotcha. you could tell it was a person with a paper mache head or something. Yes, 
I will say I kind of didn't care about her because my favorite's the gorilla like yours. My least favorite is Tito Tortoise. Not not because of anything specific other than he's like, he doesn't even try to do anything. <laughs> like he gets so close to killing that cop. And he also says my balls in Spanish. So that's pretty funny. <laughs> oh yeah, that's funny. But again, like if we're talking to like, who's the most capable of these animal tr- serial killers? Like I'm going to be honest, Willie the weasel or the person who inhabited him uh, in this, in the exposition, they're like, he, he assembled the baddest of the bad to take families into their playroom to slaughter them. And I'm like, if this is Willie's crew, I think Willie should have had better recruiting practices because these are not capable people. <laughs> Will- I, mean, I don't know how many serial killers are in a small town, so maybe his uh, options were limited. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess so. He had to. It's like a it's like a B list and D list squad combined somehow. Like the one that tricks you the most is uh, the toad looking one or whatever. The one who's like, I'm a good one. I'm not. I'm I'm not evil. And then he, she has like the tongue that breaks that kid's neck um but actually i'll actually the most useless one is the knight like he's the most useless because he gets knocked out super quick well he does kill somebody though (laughs) he does but like all that girl has to do is knock him over once and he's done we never see him again (laughs) yep (laughs) um I, i i don't know why i don't know why i'm getting super invested in the in the like mortal combat abilities found within these animatronic robots um but well obviously willie the weasel is the creepiest because uh he's he has the best set pieces for musical showmanship <laughs> yes all right um, next week I, I think i want to see minari but it's you know up to you guys yeah i was gonna see it anyway so cool minari sounds good yeah uh, at the, yeah. uh yeah Mayan, so. Oh, sweet. Thanks for uh, listening, and uh, talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.